Bar Podcast Network presents A Guy, A Bride, and a Bible. Grab your Bible and your person. Mark, he's the guy. Andrea, she's the bride. Open up and read along. Hurry, we got to get this done. Okay. Well, I still want to banter, though, because I like your banter. Banter, 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 banter. Ban- that's not quite what I had in mind. Hi, babe. How Hi, are you? bride. I love you. Hey, guys. She looks gorgeous tonight. Can I tell you that? You look amazing. You really do. You struck a couple poses tonight that just kind of made me stop and take you in. You probably should clarify. You just... They were very appropriate. Of course they were. You, I mean, just, ugh. I was just standing there with my hand on my hip, and he was like, what are you doing? I mean, your hair fell across your face in such a way that just like, oh, she is fine. <laughs> that girl is fire right now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't believe she's mine. Yours. Oh, mercy. It's great. I love you. I love you. You know, I am. Um, Grandma's she... watching the older daughter right now, so that's why we're like, boom, boom. Yeah, no interruptions right now. What's up? Um, I played a little bit of us for my seniors today. Oh, my gosh. I did. I did. Oh. They liked our intro. They liked Dwayne. It was great. And then, and then as soon as you spoke, one of my kids goes, oh, oh, I like her. Why? Because you were sassy from the jump. What did I say? I don't remember. I can't remember. But it was the last, it was our last, it was our last drop. You started off, you had a little sass in there. He goes, oh, I like her. She is sassy. It's pretty funny. I just love it. See, now I feel pressure to say something sassy. And it's just who you nothing, are. You don't even have to worry right about now. it. I know, but on command, you know. Want to point out something as well to those listening outside of the Texas listening area. Hello, Keith. <laughs> Hello, Susan. Texas. Do we have any Texas listeners? Yeah, we do. We have Garrett. Hi, Garrett. Haven't Garrett, met I'm you, here. but I'm sure you're wonderful. Uh, but Keith and Susan, hi, guys. Um, my beloved bride here today, she's been saying it more and more. She said to me just not even an hour ago, oh, I just love living here. Do you know why? I know why. I mean, it's because we were at Walmart. Because you know, Walmart. You know I like it. You know that I love you when I'm like, oh, I want to go to Walmart with you. I don't like shopping people. No. I don't like Walmart. No. I don't like... Any and going to get dog food and butter on a Friday nope, night. Nope, I mean, not exactly really? fascinating, you know. I got you. But we walked outside of Walmart, and yeah. it was the perfect temperature at like eight o'clock at night. I know. For and all... Last night we went went to junior high football game. Oh yeah, that was fun. Um, and uh, I was wearing a tank top. In October. In October. No sweater. I wasn't cold. It was great. And you were sitting in the row behind me, and I was, like, leaning back on you. And I was like, this, this is what we came here for. Yeah. Starting to feel a little more at home at the school. Mm -hmm. Anyway, life's good. Okay, so we're reading. Oh, she's pushing. We are reading um, Isaiah 39. uh, Through 40. Through 40. So two chapters there. Yes. Yep. And then Luke 14. 1 through 35, Job 9, verses 12 through 19. We're going to get through Job by like 2025 Uh, at this rate. Maybe so. I want to just put out that uh, please make sure to give us 
a like and a follow and a share. Guys, we really would like to just kind of grow this. We want it to be organic. We're not making any money off this whatsoever. It's not no, about we're money. We're rolling it. This is not. This thing is about lucrative. Money. This is so. Whew. Yeah, we're not making a I'm retiring. On what? <laughs> we're just trying to raise funds to pay for her Bible at this point. So. No, we're just. That's what we're doing. We're just doing this for. We're doing it for fun, but we would. It just, you know, maybe it's ego. Maybe I shouldn't ask for this. But we'd no. like to really put it out there. We want to see people reading the Word of God. And that's, yeah, we see how it's brought us closer together. Yeah, without a doubt. And. You know what I'm really seeing too, even though we we don't read it as I must said religiously. That's we funny. don't read it as like I wish that we I just feel like life is not settling down ever. Um but I'm finding that just because it's more of a habit and because we're doing this like connecting the testaments thing and getting that yeah, like well rounded view of it, like I'm able to things come to mind. Mm-hmm. In like day to day situations, yeah. Instead of me being like, "Well, I'm not really sure," I feel like I'm more able to be like, "You know what? This is not a good idea, or this is a really good idea." Yeah, that the confidence that comes from reading the word. Yeah. Instead of like, "Well, I'm gonna just trust my gut on this, and this oh, feels yeah. right," I don't find myself feeling the need to do that as much, which has been yeah. for me that's a change, which is really cool. I love I love how the word does that to us and it's mm-hmm. it's a and, subtle thing. And the other thing is that we found the church that we really feel called to. Yeah. That to me, I think I was telling my friend today, I got to hang I had girl time today. It's a good day. She's um, made friends, guys. Uh, She's very happy. And uh, yeah. I'm an extrovert working somewhere where there's no people. So when I have like when I get to people that's right. It's a verb. During the week, it's a good thing. Um, but I didn't realize... I, I was feeling really unsettled because we didn't really feel like we had found like the place that really felt like home. And I don't want to get my hopes up too much because it's still relatively new, but we both have felt like, mm-hmm. let's dig in here, you mm-hmm. know? And it makes me just feel a lot more settled inside. Yeah, I agree. So that's been really cool. Okay. Okay. Dear, okay, dear God, thank you for. I said, Gad. Gad. Sorry. Who's brothers? Gad. Heavenly Father, um, thank you so much for getting us through this busy, busy week, and thank you for time that we can meet with you and learn um, from your word. And I pray that you can help us see it with new eyes tonight, and that um, we can become closer to you and to each other as a result of it. And thank you so much for the opportunity to make this podcast. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, here we go. Chapter 39, verse 1, the delegation from Babylon. At that time, Merodach Baladan... And that's why he reads the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Sorry. The son of Baladan, king of Babylon, sent letters and a present to Hezekiah, for he heard that he had been sick and recovered. That's just verse 1. My quick note. Um, oh, he, yeah, babe, you're already going to read a note? Well, this is a name we never hear in <sighs> Scripture. Uh, it is a Babylonian chieftain who represented an ongoing threat to Assyrian domination by taking power in Babylon and organizing effective defense against Assyria. So he contacted Hezekiah in order to win his support against Assyria, their mutual enemy. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend here. Hezekiah rejoiced over them and showed them his house of aromatic gum. I don't know what that is, guys. Mine says storehouses. Great. With? With what? 
silver, gold, spices, and high-quality olive oil. And I have aromatic gum, silver, gold, spices, good oil, all the storehouse of his weapons, and all that was found in his storehouses. There was nothing that Hezekiah had not shown them in his house or in all his dominion. And Isaiah the prophet came to King Hezekiah and said to him, What did these men say, and where did they come to you from? And Hezekiah answered, They came to me from a distant country, from Babylon. And he said, What have you seen? What have they seen in your house? And Hezekiah answered, Well, they've seen all that is in my house. There's nothing that I have not shown them in my storehouses. I could just see the hand to the head here, right? And Isaiah said to Hezekiah, Hear the word of Yahweh of hosts. Look, the days are coming and all that is in your house and that which your ancestors have stored up to this day shall be carried off to Babylon. Nothing shall be left. And some of your sons who go out from you, whom you fathered, shall be taken, and they shall be eunuchs in the palace of the king of Babylon. Talk about screwing up royally. Mm -hmm. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, The word of Yahweh that you have spoken is good, for he thought, Surely there will be peace and security in my days. Verse chapter 40. Did you want to comment anything on 39 before I get going? Um, no. Okay. Chapter 40. Comfort ye. No, it's wrong one. Comfort. Comfort my people, says your God. Speak to the heart of Jerusalem and call to her that her compulsory labor is fulfilled, that her sin is paid for, that she has received from the hand of Yahweh double for all her sins. My note here says, the Hebrew term tzavah can indicate armed service or servitude. The following assertion that she has paid double for her sins suggests the context is a prison sentence or penal servitude. The Hebrew word for paid for means pardoned. Okay, that's a doozy. Mine says, the Lord has made her pay double for all of her sins. Yeah. That's different than pardon. Um, well, compulsory labor is fulfilled. They're talking about the word fulfilled. Oh, okay. I'm sorry, that wasn't clear. So her compulsory labor is fulfilled. Her, it's pardoned in here. Double for all her senses, the Hebrew term used here for double, only occurs here and in Job eleven six. This contest suggests a meaning of more than enough rather than specifically double. And if you compare Job eleven six, where Zophar suggests that Job suffers less than he deserves. Okay. okay. A voice is calling in the wilderness, verse 3. Clear the way of Yahweh. Make a highway smooth in the desert for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill shall become low. And the rough ground shall be like a plain, and the rugged ground like a valley plain. If you're wondering, yes, this is the Messiah. From Handel. That's where he got his... I didn't uh, know why you were getting so jubilant about this. Well, that makes more sense. It's actually sung at Christmas time. you love Christmas. Comfort okay. Okay. And the glory of Yahweh shall be revealed, verse 5, and all humankind together shall see it, for the mouth of Yahweh has spoken. Verse 6. A voice is saying, Call. And he said, What shall I call? All humankind are grass, and all his loyalty is like the flower of the field. Grass withers, the flower withers when the breath of Yahweh blows on it. Surely the people are grass. Grass withers, the flower withers, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get yourself up to a high mountain, Zion. 
bringer of good news. Lift up your voice with strength. Jerusalem, bringer of good news. Lift it up, you must not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. Look, the Lord Yahweh comes with strength and his arm rules for him. Look, his reward is with him and his recompense in his presence. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arm and he will carry them in his bosom. He will lead those who nurse. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and marked off the heavens with a span, comprehended the dust of the earth in a third of a measure, and weighed out the mountains and the scales and the hills in a balance? Mine, I like the way this is. Um, Go for it. Who has measured out the waters in the hollow of his hand, or carefully measured the sky, or carefully weighed the soil of the earth, or weighed the mountains in a balance, or the hills on scales? Isn't that cool? That's beautiful. Who has measured up the spirit of Yahweh or informed him as his counselor? With whom has he consulted that he enlightened him and taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and made the way of understanding known to him? Look, the nations are like a drop from a bucket and they are counted like dust of the balances. Look, he weighs the islands like a thin covering and Lebanon is not enough to light a fire, and its animals are not enough for a burnt offering. All the nations are like nothing before him. They are counted by him as nothing in emptiness. And to whom all who liken God, and to whom, oh, and to what likeness will you compare him? A craftsman pours out the idol, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold, and he smelts chains of silver. The one who is too impoverished for a gift chooses wood that will not rot. He seeks a skillful artisan for himself to set up an image that will not be knocked over. Have you known? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? He is the one who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, the one who stretches out the heavens like a veil and spreads them out like a tent to live in, the one who brings princes to nothing. He makes rulers of the earth like nothing. Indeed, hardly they are planted. Indeed, hardly they are sown. Indeed, hardly has their shoot taken root in the earth when he blows on them and they wither and the tempest carries them like stubble. And to whom will you compare me? That And am I equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes up on high and see who created these the one who brings out their host by number. He calls them all by name. But he is great of power and mighty of power. Not one is missing. Why do you say, Jacob? Why do you speak, Israel? My way is hidden from Yahweh, and my judgment is passed over by my God. Everything there. Why do you say, the Lord is not aware of what is happening to me? My God is not concerned with my vindication. Ooh. Yeah. Basically, why has God forgotten about me? Yeah. That's what, that's what happened. So here we go. Have you not known or have you not heard? Yahweh is the God of eternity, the creator of the ends of the earth. He's not faint and he does not grow weary. There is no searching his understanding. He gives power to the weary. He increases power for the powerless. Even the young people will be faint and grow weary and the young will stumble exhausted. But those who wait for Yahweh shall renew their strength. They will go up with wings like eagles, and they will run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not be faint. 
Okay, so my the for twenty nine through thirty one. Go. Oh. He gives strength to those who are tired, the ones who lack power. He gives renewed energy. Even youths get tired and weary. Even strong young men clumsily stumble. But those who wait for the Lord's help find renewed strength. They rise up as if they had eagle's wings. They run without growing weary. They walk without getting tired. I like that. Yeah. Even both. strong young men clumsily stumble. Mm-hmm. That's just a little... This is the net, the New English translation. Mm-hmm. I feel like it just has a little bit more nuance to it. I really like reading this whole of chapter 40 together because this breaks down into a few things. It is a prophecy of the coming of Jesus, part one, mm-hmm. you know, at the very beginning of chapter 40 here. Yeah. But then it, we also see the second coming of Messiah is mentioned in here. And then we even see right here at the end, we're talking about the exile. Mm-hmm. It says here in my notes, real quickly, uh, from 28, the note says, the creator of the ends of the earth. The focus on God as creator and totally other than his creation answers the statements of Isaiah 40, 27. Since God's ways are unknowable, they have no grounds to make such a claim. Verse 29, he gives power to the weary. The exiles should know that the everlasting God both sees their plight and has the plan and power to restore them from their position of weakness. Verse 30, even young people will faint. God's store of energy and power exhausts even the seemingly endless supply of a young person's energy. Even Nyla. Even Nyla. And verse 31, they shall go up with wings like eagles. This alludes to the Exodus miracle. The poet casts the vision of a new Exodus led by God from Babylon. I love that context. That's beautiful. All right, everybody, take a breath. Flip that. Turn those pages. Oh, you did. We're turning pages. Virgil, we're turning pages. Luke 14, 1 through 35. My bride. Healing again on the Sabbath. Now one Sabbath when Jesus went to dine at the house of a leader of the Pharisees, they were watching him closely. There right in front of him was a man whose body was swollen with fluid. That's called edema. Mine says edema. So Jesus asked the experts in religious law and the Pharisees, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So Jesus took hold of the man, healed him, and sent him away. Then he said to them, which of you, if you had have a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? But they could not reply to this. Can I ask you a question? You're a medical professional. Does edemia, edema go away quickly? No, you have to give a... A diuretic, not a water pill. A diuretic. So got to get that fluid off. Jesus heals this guy so fast, he virtually walks out. Mm-hmm. So how swollen can somebody be with edema? I had edema after I had Emily. And my legs were so tight that they hurt. They were so full of fluid that they physically hurt my mm. thighs. Yeah. And the skin was like stretched. Mm. I've seen it get so bad that people actually leak fluid out from their skin. No way. Because it's just so So this out. guy was in a bad shape. Yeah. It can even happen on men. And Jesus just basically says, you're healed. And he's like, oh, it's all gone? Okay, I'll leave now. Like, what you're talking about is pounds and pounds of fluid. Like it's just people, gone. when I finally like lost all the fluid after yeah. Emily was born. I mean, I only lost half a pound and I had a 10-pound baby. That's crazy. Like when I left the hospital, I was only half a pound light, lighter. Yeah. 
because I... All the edema. Yeah. yeah. All the fluid that they gave me. Um, and when I lost it, it was like 15 pounds in like a couple days. So wow. you're talking about like, it's, it's a huge change and it's, uh, it's a big process. So I'm just, I'm asking for that detail because if we've never had it, we don't know what edema is. Just imagine like the Pillsbury Doughboy, but it's fluid. And so if Jesus instantly heals this guy, it's clear his edema is gone. He leaves and that's not enough for the Pharisees to be amazed. Yeah, they want to focus on if he messed up to do it on the wrong day. I mean, that is insane. Okay. Okay, go ahead. On seeking seats of honor. Then when Jesus noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. He said to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, because a person more distinguished than you may have been invited by your host. So the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this man your place. Then ashamed, you'll begin to move to the least important place. But when you are invited, go and take the least important place so that when your host approaches, he will say to you, friend, move up here to a better place. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who share the meal with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but the one who humbles himself will be exalted. He also said to the man who had invited him, When you host a dinner or banquet, don't invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors so you can be invited by them in return and get repaid. But when you host an elaborate meal, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then you'll be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. The parable of the great banquet. When one of those at the meal with Jesus heard this, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will feast in the kingdom of God. But Jesus said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time for the banquet, he sent his slave to tell those who had been invited, Come, because everything is now ready. But one after another, they all began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field and I must go out and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going out to examine them. Please excuse me. Another said, I just got married and I cannot come. So the slave came back and reported this to the master. Then the master of the house was furious and said to his slave, go out quickly to the streets and alleys of the city and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Then the slave said, sir, when you instructed, what you've instructed has been done and there is still room. So the master said to his slave, go out to the highways and the country roads and urge people to come in so that my house will be filled. For I tell you, not one of those individuals who were invited will taste my banquet. Counting the cost. Now large crowds were accompanying Jesus, and turning to them, he said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother, and wife and children, and brothers and sisters, and even his own life, cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not carry his own cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, wanting to build a tower, doesn't sit down first and compute the cost to see if he has enough money to complete it? Otherwise, when he... Turning those thin pages has laid a foundation and is not able to finish the tower, all who see it will begin to make fun of him. They will say, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going out to confront another king in battle will not sit down first and determine whether he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one coming against him with 20,000. If he cannot succeed, he will send a representative while the other is still a long way off and ask for terms of peace. In the same way, therefore... 
Not one of you can be my disciple if he does not renounce all of his own possessions. Salt is good, but salt loses its flavor. If salt loses its flavor, how can its flavor be restored? It is no value for the soil or for the manure pile. It is to be thrown out. The one who has ears to hear had better listen. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Had better listen. Instead of just ears to hear, let him hear. Yeah, that's so a good it's way like that's if you emphatic. hear me. You better listen up. Listen, 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 listen. Listen here. Listen here. Look, look, look. Listen. That's what right our here. pastor Everyone says. Here. Look at me. Look at me. Doesn't mean that like that. He wants your attention. Now, by the way. Yeah. So I, this is one of my favorite things. Or can I just touch on based on this before we get overrun? I love, love, love Luke's writing of the party, of the feast, the wedding feast, the uh-huh. great banquet. I love the way he writes it, though. It's so beautiful because this is... Breaking down, Jesus is like uh, telling the story, and it's clear that it is the people who are supposed to come to this party with the Jews. They made every excuse not to come, so God said it's time to open it up to those who we didn't invite, and that's the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. And it's not enough. Keep going until the table is full. And that should be our hearts of ministry to the lost. We should be we should be constantly reaching out until the table's full. That's the way I look at it. Anyway, I love, love, love that. God wants to party fill up in the best way. Fill up the table. Okay, we are now in Job. Job nine, verses twelve through nineteen. Just a little seven verse read. Let's be depressed by Job some more. Come on. It's sad. Job, he's going to get out of this eventually, but we got 30 more chapters. Job. Job 9, verse 12 through 19. If he would snatch away, who could turn him? Who could say to him, what are you doing? God will not turn back his anger beneath him. The helpers of Rahab bowed. How much less can I myself answer him? How can I choose my words with him? Whom I cannot answer, even though I am righteous. Let me read that again. How much less can I myself answer him? How can I choose my words with him, whom I cannot answer, even though I'm righteous? From my judge, I must implore grace. If I summon him and he should answer me, I do not believe that he will listen to my voice. And it just did its thing. Uh, you can say it. There it is. Babe, take over. No, oh, no, I'm in chapter 8. How many verses? So what? Um, 12 through 19. Okay. If I summoned him and he answered me, I would not believe that he would be listening to my voice. He who crushes me with a tempest and multiplies my wounds for no reason. He does not allow me to recover my breath and he fills me with bitterness. It is a matter of strength. Most certainly he is the strong one. And it is a matter of justice. He will say, who will summon me? That's it. So Job is actually having, I don't want to say second thoughts, but what he's doing, he's, he's showing his finiteness against God's infiniteness right. in that. He recognizes that who am I to go up to God and reply to him, you're telling me to do all this, this is what I'm saying here. So big deal there. Job, Job definitely feels his mortality. I like that if I summon him and he should answer me, I, I don't believe he'll listen to me. I don't think he's going to hear me. Um, that's probably a good statement, Job. 
um, his roots twine over stone, he sees a house of stone, and he destroys him from his place, and it deceives him, saying, I have never seen you. Look, this is the joy of his way, and from dust others will spring up. God is not to be trifled with. I love that you said that the other day in one of our conversations. You talked about the weight of God's glory and the weight of his holiness seems to be lost on this generation. Oh, yeah. Like we were talking about like with worship or even like the way that some of us pray or we hear people pray. It's like God's just my buddy. Yep. You know, like, hey. What's up, buddy? You know, and I'm, I'm going to partner with God. Which sounds a lot like we think we're equals. Ooh. Come on. Like, you call me your partner. Mm-hmm. And you treat me very much like I am your equal, which I appreciate, especially because, you know, there are some men that don't treat their wives like an equal. Um, well, you do walk behind me. <laughs> but that's only because I walk faster than you. It's not because, you know. I never walk behind you. Thank you very much. Well, you do when Nyla's holding your hand because she got little legs. She's not going anyway. Oh my gosh! I thought you were just trying to be like, well, because I am the head. <laughs> I walk. Well, in I front. am the head. Little I, L. You walk behind me. I am Lord Little L. At all times. And I bow. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, I don't go to my boss and go like. I'm going to partner with you today. And like, she would be like, what? She would, I mean, she's a very nice woman, but I am not her partner. No, you're not. You know, and, and really when we read, like, actually this hooks in really nicely with what we just read in Isaiah, right? Uh Uh-huh. Like, I'm not God's buddy. Like, I am extremely lucky that he cares about me. Yeah, well, let's not say lucky, but yes, we are we are absolutely chosen and blessed to receive that love. And it's really not because I'm awesome. It's not. But his love makes you awesome. Yeah, but it's okay. not that he was like, oh man, I, I'm. She's awesome. Let me love her. Yeah, like I'm. It's. I'm, it's a good thing that I've got her working with me because. Oh, I like that. Because, I really need. I really need Andrea. Uh-huh. I need Andrea. So are you actually saying that some people might actually feel it's a good thing? That That's kind of the way that I... it sounds, doesn't it? <laughs> doesn't it kind of sound like that? It totally sounds like that. You're, like, you're nailing it. Because I much. am so anointed and I am, he really needs me for this job. Yeah. Like, I really think it's more like, okay, it's more like when I'm like, hey, do you want to help dad cook something? And you look at me like, you know, because, because you know that like, it's really that you're going to give them your time and you're going to let them mess it up and you're going to let them feel like they took a part in it and they're probably going to slow you way down way down, and it's not going to be as pretty Nope. and you're going to fix some mistakes. I would rather they clean up. Yeah. So, I mean, and I, I'm not trying to say that. I mean, and you hit the nail on the head that because of what he's done for us, we are, we do have authority and we are, our lives are precious and we shouldn't mm-hmm. make light of our life. 
So I'm not saying that like we're not worth anything, but it's not like he was like, "Ooh, I want to pick her for my team because she is whew, she's got that secret sauce." It's, <laughs> it's not that, you know? She's it's got like, that secret sauce. You know, it's more like, you know, I could work with her. I could make I something that. cool out of her, you know? Anyway, I don't know where that came from. I don't know, but I just found the title of the episode right there. I mean, she's got that secret sauce. Yeah. I anyway, and I just feel like, and I know, I know the haters would say, well, Jesus said, I'm not going to call you slaves. I'm going to call you friends, friends which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But again, it's not because he's like, I really need a friend. Please yeah. be my friend, you know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He is holy and he is complete, you know, the the trinity is complete. Um and so it's really just this beautiful thing that he allows us to you know, that's him stooping down. You know. He affords a position. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that we should be like, "Hey God, what's up?" Yeah, there should what's be up, man? greater reverence. Yeah, like and I'm still, honestly, I'm still trying to kind of find that spot. Because mm-hmm. I'll, sometimes I'll be praying and I'm like, I am not taking this really seriously. I'm kind of like, thank yeah. you for today. I'm like, mm-hmm. You know, but yeah. at the same time, I don't want to overshoot the other way and be like, holy God, I can't even talk to you. Because he, that's not what he says. He says that we should come to him like a child. But, mm-hmm. okay, I'm kind of, I'm ranting. Go. Come to me like a child, but if our kids come to us and are like, hey, what's up? I'm oh. going to go ahead and do this. Now you're talking. Now you're spitting They're some... not our buddies. No. And we still have to put them in check sometimes. Yes. And we have to shape them. So, come on, girl. So come like, you know, like a child coming with our needs, not with like, hey, let's chill. Oh, my gosh. It said, come to me like a child, not a teenager. Oh, yeah. Or just like a, I don't know. Anyway, so I'm trying to find that that spot, but I think it's a, I feel like it's a good thing. I'm not like, I don't want to treat God like this, like distant, unfeeling, nebulous thing. The universe. But I think it's, I hope that it's as a result of getting closer to him, even though at the same time, it's not, Treating him like as casually. I don't know if yeah. that makes sense. No, you nailed it. You really you took this one all the way. It's really cool. Yeah. But but I honestly when I'm praying, sometimes I'm like, ooh, you know, is that really the the way that I should be talking yeah. to him? I remember some years ago I stopped in the middle of my prayer one time and I just went, God, I just heard myself. Yeah. And I am whining. I am whining to you right now oh my god i am so sorry can i just stop for a minute and gather myself and figure out exactly how to really approach you in this and i did i stopped praying and i repented of that prayer and i i I took some time to to read over john 17 of jesus prayer to the father of and then reading in Matthew, yeah. um, you know, the Lord's instruction of how to pray. And, right. And took some other examples of prayers and scriptures and went, okay, I need to, I need to get there. I need to get there because there's reverence. But isn't that, it's kind of weird though, because I'm like, I'm actually like, 
being more hesitant to pray, but it's because I want to do it in the right way. But it's a good thing. It is. And then we but should I, yeah. we should do that. We shouldn't just blurt. We should be intentional. Mm-hmm. And that, that's a, uh, that is something that I, I want to make sure I do that as well. And I think it's pretty cool that our new church is doing that in a very, very intentional way. They're doing like this corporate it. prayer thing. And that's been helping. And, and that, I think that the way that he, that he is leading those is that nice in between of like, it's not like, it's not this like really, um, you know, like it's not like something that's like written where it's like to somebody you don't know at all where it's mm-hmm. like so formal, but it's also, I don't, I don't like saying that word cause I don't think liturgy, I don't think liturgy is bad. I don't know. It's not like, so it's not like totally removed, okay. but it's also not just like, give me this and this and this Thanks. Yeah. Peace out. All right. Anyway, that was kind of all over the place. It was great. The people love that. They tell <laughs> me so. Hey, so we're going to wrap it up tonight, guys. Thank you for being part of it. We hope you read along. We hope that you found yourself challenged. We hope that you also found yourself blessed. And join us again at the next drop. We pray that you will also have time for prayer this weekend. Enjoy your uh, your time Sunday with your families if you choose to do that. If you hear this not on a Sunday, get to church. Uh, so with that, I am Mark and I'm the guy. I'm Andrea. I'm the bride. We just got done reading the Bible. See you later.